a 24-year-old inventor of a robot designed to help with mental health. Welcome back to Textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us is Jacob Boyle, founder of Marco Technologies. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Fred. Great to be here. You have a very interesting startup and important story to tell. Let's start with a little bit about you and what led to Marco Technologies. Uh, sure. So I... Um... Mental health is something that's always been really personal to me, uh, both on the fact that I struggled with depression and anxiety and self-harm all the way from high school up through college, uh, even to today. Um, but I also had uh, friends and family members who went through depression and anxiety and were even hospitalized for it. And it was a really rough uh, experience growing up because um, I had a really tough time getting the help I needed, um, especially in college. I was in and out of different therapists. And when I went home, would go home for the summer, when I graduated, I just didn't really have anyone. And it was a lot. I mean, I still consider myself the lucky one um, that I had people advocating for me. I had people that I, I could reach. Meanwhile, I had um, really people I was really close to uh, who were also going through some really severe struggles with their mental health, depression, um, self-harm, even suicidal attempts. And they couldn't get seen by a therapist. They didn't want to get seen by a therapist because of uh, immense amounts of stigma or just thinking it didn't work for them last time. And so I always saw it, you know, having this close, intimate experience with mental illness and mental health, I always saw it as I knew about it in a way that other people didn't. And I wanted to use that knowledge and that ex personal experience to be able to care for the people I cared about. Um, but that becomes challenging when you are a full-time mechanical engineering student while also working a full-time position at a naval robotics startup uh, two states away, right? Your time becomes severely limited for anything but engineering work. Um, and so the challenge I faced was how do I balance my time of doing what I want to do with my career, which is engineering and particularly robotics, um, with this passion and this knowledge of something that I considered very important, which is being there for the people I cared about for their mental health. And that kind of came to a head my junior year of college. And as if I didn't have enough on my plate um, between all these uh, full-time school, full-time job, and then trying to still be a compassionate friend and family member, um, my friend who helped initially found this company came to me about this business plan competition at our school. Uh, top prize was $30,000. He said, oh, we have business people. We just need an engineer to go and make whatever product we come up with, and then we'll split the money three ways. And I thought, all right, you know, fun little project. Let's give it a shot. But when we started looking for a product idea or service idea to bring um, out, the what was weighing on me the most was again my time not being being split between engineering and caring for the people i cared about and how i was diving more into engineering than that it was really weighing on me and i started to think what if there was a way i could use my career to do exactly what i want to do on my personal life which is care for the people i know are struggling with severe depression and anxiety and loneliness and self-harm and I thought, all right, how can we do this? So I started talking to um, counselors. We started talking to psychologists and also these people who I knew were struggling. Um, clubs like To Write Love on Her Arms were really helpful um, 
for these communities on college campuses that had individuals who were going through these experiences. And I started to piece together what could help um, if there was a way to sort of use technology to reach people who weren't being reached by care. And it was started to be known at that point, there were papers coming out, this was around uh, early 2018, of um, technology applying things like cognitive behavioral therapy and different therapeutic interventions. But what wasn't really showing up, it was showing in these papers and in these research that it was effective, but what wasn't showing up was sort of the real world data showing that if these therapeutic interventions that were entirely app only were being given to individuals outside of a clinical setting, like if someone, a student came up to a counselor and instead got a screen, they just completely shut it off because they said, I came here for someone to talk to, you gave me a screen or an app. Um, it wasn't what people wanted. But if they did have that physical presence, if they did have that someone to talk to, quote unquote, um, something there that they could converse with or feel like it was um, an in-person present, whether that was even like a fake animal, a fake cat, or um, for instance, MIT had one study about a device called Huggable, which was like a teddy bear that they put speakers into. Suddenly that barrier of feeling like they were just, uh, the client was being just given a screen to push buttons on an app, even if it was delivering the same interventions, that barrier went away and it led to better outcomes. And so that kind of combined research led to the idea of Marco, the mental health assisting robot companion, a physical robot that individuals, particularly young student age individuals struggling with depression, anxiety, and their mental health in general, could have that someone to talk to available 24 seven. Um, and in talking to these therapists and counselors, we started to figure out what methods, since we understood, okay, having that physical someone or something to talk to, that's what's most needed by these clients. What is the best, or what are the best types of interventions from the clinical side that it can then um, deliver? And so our advising counselors who have stayed on our advisory board through this whole process, um, they sort of laid out the groundwork for these are the different areas um, that would be most important. And we call that Marco's five objectives of care. Here's our little guy. Um, so this is Marco. And uh, the way Marco works is it's very conversation based. So Marco is voice activated, um, unlike an Alexa or a Google Assistant. Um, it's there's no wake word, right? Because people get kind of put off by the always listening aspect. And also we wanna enable longer conversations that listening for short voice commands doesn't always uh, work. So to talk to Marco, you can either hold uh, a button in his hand to speak, or um, you can connect via phone or laptop and basically press a button on there in order to speak uh, as long as you'd like as well. And we, like I mentioned, try to enable long conversations first. So similar to like what you might have with a friend, similar to what you might have with a counselor, just you're able to go on at length as much as you want about what's going on in your life. 
And Marco leverages AI to understand what thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are affecting you the most in that instant and provide personalized care um, around what works best for you. And since mental health is not a one-size-fits-all, something works different for everyone, we split it out into basically five different categories, which we call Marco's five objectives of care. Uh, The first one is companionship. So since a lot of especially younger individuals don't necessarily react well to psychology-based activities only, like what they get in therapy, they react better to having uh, friends around who can help cheer them up when they're feeling down, especially in lower risk situations. So the companionship does exactly that. It encourages pleasurable activities to build a habit of doing them on a regular basis. So that's anything from games, jokes, stories. Um, so my favorite, it's called the mental health scavenger hunt, which is basically a bunch of different wellness activities that you do and like check off like little goals. Um, but other people might react better, especially if stress is what they're dealing with or anxiety to relaxation activities. People love meditation. So that's something Marco can do, or you like breathing exercises and muscle relaxations and sort of that physical stress training. Or maybe you also like being more proactive about dealing with your stress. Uh, So Marco has time management tools similar to what a therapist might suggest um, if someone's dealing with that kind of work or study related stress. If having a therapist um, or working with a therapist is something you're familiar with, that's where Marco's talk support module comes in. That's based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And again, it starts with that whole listening to you, listening to you vent, listening to you talk like a counselor does. But then instead of just like a friend might do and say, oh, like, I'm sorry to hear all of that. Let's go do something fun. Here's where Marco then asks the probing questions like a human counselor to dig deeper into thought, behavior, and feeling patterns and then say, okay, I notice you're using this language a lot, which is disempowering to you. Let's do this psychology-based activity in order to counteract that thought and make a habit out of it, similar to what a therapist tries to do, although maybe a little bit more elegantly than I explained it right there. Um, For people who also like connecting their physical health to their mental health, Marco does have some biofeedback. So there's uh, pressure sensors inside it to sense when he's being hugged. Some models have a heart rate sensor in one of the hands. There's a camera for facial emotion recognition, as well as like posture um, recognition, for instance, for yoga, stretching, et cetera. And for individuals who are in a higher risk situation, in instances of uh, suicide or self-harm, Marco will text message notify their emergency contacts of what's going on. But of course, if you're like a parent and you got this for your child, that's gonna be a scary text to get. Your child has been having thoughts of suicide. This happened most recently yesterday. You don't really know what to do unless you're a trained professional or have experienced this before. So what Marco does is if a client expresses these feelings or intents, uh, Marco will stay with them and ask questions based on what's known as the Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale. It's like this globally accepted scale of recognizing how severe a suicidal intent is. And based on the answers, there's sort of clinically recommended next steps, which is anything from just check in with them to call 911 and get them immediately screened. And after going through those questions, Marco will not only tell the user 
answers are, okay, based on how you expressed what you're feeling to me, this is how severe you are, here's how I recommend you go ahead. It also then text messages the emergency contact saying, this is how this individual rated themselves. These are the recommended next steps. So they feel a little bit more confident in what they should do instead of just getting that scary text and not uh, knowing where to go. Really, really interesting, uh, Jacob. So tell me about the impact of the pandemic here. Um, it, it, I guess it's multifold. The, the impact on students has been dramatic, I, I think. And uh, in terms of starting a business, the impact has been pretty dramatic too. Yeah, so it, it became a real problem. I mean, it, the pandemic created this boom in, in mental health startups because suddenly everyone was talking about it. Um, the problem, especially among students, it used to be that um, about 20% of the population, student population, would struggle with um, their mental health in a more severe capacity, such as a mental illness like uh, anxiety or depression. I believe last time I checked the numbers during the pandemic were between a third and a half of the student population or student age population in the, this is just in the United States, um, were expected or were currently actively dealing with a mental illness like depression or anxiety. Um, it just exacerbated an already growing problem. And the fact that school-based services such as in-school counseling were shut down or moved to virtual um, I mean, some of these counselors we talked to at colleges uh, that we worked with were saying students were calling from their garages because if their parents knew they were on a teletherapy session, they would get in really bad trouble or get pulled out of the session or, or even beaten or whatnot. Just um, a lot of new barriers came up that were not there pre-pandemic, let alone the stress and fear and panic caused by the pandemic itself. Um, Meanwhile, on, on our end, uh, this was sort of our time that we needed or still need to be able to get out there to these younger individuals. Um, but not to beat a dead horse, but supply chain has been um, disastrous. And that's part of the problems with having a physical, aside from a digital only product. We do have an app version of Marco, which is available on all major platforms and on the web. Um, but its impact is significantly less, even though it's near identical to the robot. This is kind of what I was talking about, that people are looking for that in-person experience. Um, if they just have an app or a screen in front of them, it's really not the same. And uh, whether or not people are going to outwardly say that, that's kind of been proven by our own internal research as well as studies done uh, again and again. So even though we are um, reaching people. We have a few thousand people on the app through our partners and individual downloads. Um, it's been a challenge getting the real Marco out to people because of the supply chain, because health, uh, early in the pandemic, the New Jersey Health Foundation basically told us, don't ship this. We don't know if it could easily transmit COVID and infect more people. Um, so it has been a challenge, but um, thankfully things are starting to open up now and uh, we're finally starting to grow and be able to have the kind of impact we've been looking for these past few years. Tell me a little bit about the design, what went into it and, and the reasons for it. Sure. So we um, tried following 
uh, basically what people were looking for. We had, when coming up with the initial design, we surveyed uh, several hundred students um, across our campus, and we also put out Facebook ads um, sort of throughout the US and got several hundred responses, sort of giving inputs of um, once we narrowed down that, yes, having some kind of a physical robot idea was good, um, what would the best thing look like? And so things like having the screen, having different outputs like a headphone jack and whatnot, um, having the expressive face and motors in the head and what size should it be and what materials should it be, those were all based on user research. And we took all those inputs, brought it to an industrial design firm called Creative Engineering and said, here is basically all of our user research. Um, and at that time, we also had a prototype. It looked nothing like this. It was this little blue frog looking thing. Um, it wasn't supposed to look like a frog, <laughs> but that's just kind of how it ended up. Um, and uh, we said, this is what the original one looked like. These are all our user inputs. Um, can you come up with some concept sketches? And they came up with about nine or 10, um, some of them a little bit more robotic, some of them a little bit more animal looking, some of them looking like this. And we then took those concept sketches, brought it back to those users we did the research with and found the optimal design that was neutral enough that no one found it um, offensive or especially um, clients might be on the spectrum and you don't wanna overly visual stimulate them. Um, so we wanted to find something that was neutral enough to sort of fit comfortably for all people's um, but also not boring enough that it's just looking at like a, a gray blob, right? And that's kind of what led to uh, the initial Marco. And um, we do have another one, actually, maybe I can pull it up. It's a little bit different. So this one is, the first one you saw was our first production model. This is a first prototype of our next production model, which is meant more for home use rather than uh, use with school counseling centers and, and so forth. Um, it's meant to be a little bit uh, lower price, easier to manufacture to make it easier on the end consumer for purchasing. And it's also um, sort of fixes some of the, I don't wanna say issues, some of the areas that um, people who use the first one wanted improved like uh, more padding around the screen, more padding around the head and so forth. So again, you know, our design is very user focused, user research focused. If we make a change, it's because it's been something people have been asking for. Interesting. Well, tell us about uh, availability and pricing. Uh, sure. So the model I just showed you, um, we're currently selling for uh, $499. The original model went for $880 um, and it went primarily to counseling centers at schools and universities and even corporate um, or private offices. Uh, but the newer model is a lower price because we strip away some of the software features that might be really important to um, something like a, a large counseling center at a school, like having more advanced data insight and notifications and connection to other campus uh, services. Um, Whereas an end user who's looking to get this for themselves or looking to get it for their child, um, that's not something they need, so they shouldn't need to pay for it, right? Um, so the uh, newer model, we'll call it Marco 2, the one I was just holding, that's going for 449 or 499. It's um, 
targeted primarily towards individuals looking to get it for themselves or their children. Um, we actually have some more stock coming in. It's been slow because a lot of the computer chips that go into a Marco are really high demand out in the market. It's hard to find. Some of them have lead times of over two years or there's scalpers reselling them through um, non-authorized distributors for like quadruple the price. And we really want to try and keep Marco's price as low as possible. We don't want to have to gouge our prices just because someone reselling a hardware controller is gouging theirs. Um, so for now, there's very limited stock. Our next um, incoming shipment, there should be 10 of them. So uh, they'll probably go pretty quickly based on some of the demand we've been getting. Um, but we are also actively working to make uh, alternative models at lower prices, maybe a little less feature rich, just to be able to still provide the core Marco functionality, like say stripping out a screen, um, but having that conversational ability still there to give people an even lower price option that might be more readily available if all they need is just that someone to talk to. And as you get this up to scale eventually, what would, what would you like the price to, to be? I mean, I see uh, Marco for maybe around $300 as uh, feasible. Um, as it scales, I think, that might be on the, the lower end for a full featured Marco um, going straight to someone's home. We might be able to get a Marco that is a little less feature rich, like like I said, take out the screen, maybe audio only. I, I think I mentioned it earlier, you can sync um, your phone. So anything on a bigger screen, like a phone, like a smart TV, like a computer, um, so if someone wanted the audio only Marco, I would love to see that around the price of like a Google Nest or an Amazon Alexa. So it's, again, that kind of easy, um, easy price point that you can just bring into your home, bring it for yourself, for your children without worrying about, is this going to break the bank? Is this going to be a bad investment? Is there an age range that you target with this? We're primarily focused on uh, the age range of 14 to 24 uh, for a few different reasons. And uh, before I, I go into those reasons, I will say that Marco has been used by children as young as 10 and adults 50 to 60 plus um, pretty much without any complaints or issues. Uh, but the reason we target this age range of 14 to 24 is first because it's one of the... Um, it's a, a key age range when it comes to the development of mental illnesses. It's in that age range, 14 to 24, that 75% of lifetime chronic mental illness will develop. And the other problem is that once you have your first instance of um, a mental illness or mental health encounter uh, like that, the chances of relapsing become even greater. So it's a really key window where if you're going to get someone help, that's the age range you want to get them the help in. And second, it's something I'm more intimately familiar with because my own and my friends and family's mental health struggles with depression and anxiety happened in that window. So I'm more knowledgeable about what it feels like to be going through that as well as to be giving care to someone who's going through that. So it's kind of, you know, building on what we already know. And third, uh, in terms of the therapies that Marco or interventions that Marco delivers, it's mature enough to understand some of the more psychology-based ones while also young enough to be more responsive to some of the more fun 
engaging activities that we've developed while also being tech savvy enough to easily pick up a robot and just start working with it. And your background, as you said, is as a, as a mechanical engineer, but you've brought in people to assist on, on the clinical side of this to, to make it really worthwhile. Correct. Yeah, we started with an advisory board of clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors and social workers, basically trying to get all different areas of the um, psychology sphere. And then they basically laid the roadmap of what clinical interventions um, would be best, how should they look, and basically map it out for us. And then we took psychology undergraduate researchers and had them implementing it on kind of like doing the legwork, designing the conversations, laying them out, putting in what, how Marcus should respond or what Marcus should expect people to say, um, and actually developing these activities based on the roadmap laid out by these um, licensed clinical practitioners. Well, the website is marcohealthtech.com. Congratulations on what you're doing and pick a boil. Thanks for taking the time with us. Yeah, thank you so much. This is great. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textination.com.